Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only and wonderful guest, Anna Kelly. Hi, Anna. Hi, good to be here with you today. Oh, nice to be here as well. I loved episode one. Episode two might give you and I PTSD. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I want to go back in our memory banks and we're going to use the 52-year spreadsheet as, as something to kind of lean on. But I want us to go back and revisit the Great Recession, the 08 crash or whatever that year yeah. was for you. Because I think there's more and more people that are A, calling what we are about to go through a repeat of the past, which again, I think is a stretch, but it, there's, there's factors in the Great Recession that I think are important for people to understand that they just don't understand if they've never been through it. So uh, any kind of opening thoughts about the Great Recession uh, now that it's uh, a, a distant memory? It was one of the scariest, worst periods of my entire life. And it was one of the greatest blessings of my entire life to have gone through and to come out on the other end. And so I'm excited when we talk about it because I'm excited that I've been through it, you've been through it. We can help other people prepare for how to get through it and to realize that things are going to be better afterwards. <laughs> yeah, kind of my opening salvo when I wrote this in my first book, One Rental at a Time, was I knew something was coming because I couldn't do that ninth deal. So we got active and we got out of the way early. We got out of the way early about six months. I lost about 10% of appreciation. I sold something at 270 that went to 300, for example. But yeah, we, we got out and then, then we started buying all the way down. So what I would tell you is it was easy to see something was coming. I had no idea how bad. I, right. I had no idea Fresno would collapse 75%. No idea. I knew, I, I knew it was bad. I knew I couldn't buy, but I didn't think it would be that bad. And right. then second, I had no idea it would take that long, right? That's something you're going to see in this spreadsheet is it was four or five years, 20 quarters yeah. of just bad after bad after bad after bad. Yes. And that's what people don't realize. They, they hear crash and they think, oh, it didn't happen today. So we're still not there, right? Or it's not going to happen. And usually economic crashes, if you will, something as bad as a deep, deep recession are two or three years in the making, at least. Well, certainly for real estate, right? There was a crypto coin, which again, I don't know anything about, but apparently $40 billion was wiped out in a weekend. Yes. It can happen in, in these other assets. Yes. Real estate doesn't, it just doesn't act the same way. Right. I agree. Yeah. So let's bring it up because again, hopefully it doesn't give us nightmares, <laughs> but here we go. All right. So hopefully that is up. Hopefully you can see that. I can. Yeah. So the first couple of things that I want to talk about, and again, we'll just go top down. Uh, the first thing to realize was housing sales, right? If you look at line four, you could see coming out of 2007, which arguably most people would equate to the last good year, new home sales crashed, right? They went down more than 50% and they were down for years. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, that is interesting. A, again, for people that didn't go through it, what really happened last time was we were, look at all these homes we were building, 1.2 million in 05, 1 million in 06. Yes. We were, we were building like crazy. There were builders everywhere. It blew up. And really what this was is a lot of builders went bankrupt. They just yeah. walked away, vaporized, 
went to nothing. What is interesting is existing home sales line five for people looking at this went from seven, six and a half, five, and then it crashed all the way to four. This is one of the areas that I think will be different this time. And I'd love your opinion on Anna. Last time existing home sales, I say artificially propped up. And it's hard to say this is artificial because it's still a million below, but mm -hmm. because banks were foreclosing, this inventory was coming back, right? That's what I was buying. 2010, 11, 12, it was all foreclosures directly from banks. So these counted as transactions. Right. I think one of the things that will be different this time is existing home sales are going to crater because you don't have to sell, right? You've got 30-year fixed rate debt, half of them below 3%. So right. I, th I think this is one number that's going to crater a lot more than last time. What do you think? Yeah, I think that I'm already seeing some new home sales being depressed. There's there's data every day coming out with different home builders who are starting to, you know, they're just not moving their new homes as quickly because the cost of buying them, um, both both direct costs as well as the financing costs have gone up substantially. But existing homes, I, I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to come down substantially. Now, if we try to compare it to last year, the year before, we're, we are going to see a huge increase in inventory compared to then. Yes. But if you look at, you know, pre-COVID, you know, 2017, 18, 19, I think we're going to get back to a, an equilibrium and kind of a normal balance, but maybe even sales below the norm because of what you just said. Um, it may be that we have depressed existing inventory for quite some time because it's just too expensive for people to move, even to downsize their house, Michael. I was talking to someone yesterday, beautiful, big home, two-story. They're getting older. They want a, a single-story rancher. Mm -hmm. They can't buy a single-story rancher new, mm -hmm. um, even existing, for much less than what they would sell their huge home for today because of the interest rate changes and the price. And so I think a lot less people move and that makes the, the existing home sales actually go down. That's my I, thought. Yeah, I, I am now calling a housing crash because of that. So I think, I think we've already started. And again, I've scooted over to 2021 if people aren't catching up. So in 2021, we did 767,000 new, new home sales. It uh -huh. would not shock me, Anna, if by the end of the year in December, that's under 400,000. It's going to be that bad. Yeah. Existing home sales. This is, this is the number that I think is very different than the 08 crash. The 08 crash was artificially propped up because prices fell 75%, strategic defaults, you were foreclosing. That's not going to happen this time. The debt structure is not there. The adjustable rate mortgages aren't there. Right. So, so I think this 6.1 in 2021, we could easily get to 4 million. And that's a crash. We're going to have a, that's 25%, right? So I think, I think this crash is hard. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think that's, you know, when we, when we say the word crash, just to your point, like just because the number of houses sold goes down, doesn't necessarily mean that it's national or that values will crash, but exactly. to your point, when demand goes down, when supply goes down, if demand is still elevated, Obviously, that's higher prices, but if fewer people are selling, but there's also much, much less demand because interest rates keep going up, exactly. then eventually you are going to see some housing prices soften and you are going to see some declines in housing values in, in certain areas for sure. And I'm already seeing that in the last couple of days, certain cities down five to 10 percent mm -hmm. um, in, in what's actually selling now. And so we're starting to see for sure a correction. Mm -hmm. Do we have a housing market crash where prices actually 
you know, decline substantially. I'm not sure nationally, but certain cities for sure. Oh, there's no question we will see it in certain cities. I've been calling Boise as the latest example. Boise, oh, I, think yes. I, I talked about on Thursday, I think it was 41% of active listings have had a price drop in the last two weeks. So I, again, it's yeah. coming to some areas. Boise, Seattle, San Francisco, yeah, yeah. Austin, Texas. You know, that's one that I like to pick on because it's very tech heavy mm-hmm. and it's been bought for appreciation, not for current, cash um, not for current cash flow or demand. And so, you know, some of those cities that have appreciated significantly above the fundamentals of the wages being paid in that area and the jobs, mm-hmm. you know, there's some real risk of, of a real correction and, and, and a devaluation. I think. But to your point earlier, you know, this could take two to three years. It doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow, exactly. right? It could, it could take some time to trickle through the system. Yeah. The other thing that I want people to realize is, is these are all national numbers we're looking at here. So always go learn your area, learn your buy box, do all of that. Yes. But people talk about a housing crash like it's an event. This unfolded nationally for five years. Yes. Five years of just, and again, a lot of this was waves of arms and strategic defaults, and it was just cheaper to live somewhere else. I mean, it, but, it, but it was five years, Anna. Yes. And the other thing I want people to realize is 2010, 11, and 12, I was so active because A, everybody was scared. You were all watching the real estate headlines, and I'm going, I'm buying this for land value. What the heck are yes. these people thinking? For sure. And you know what really kind of surprises me about this this data is that 2007, the homes, both new and existing, had already fallen quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really recognize that. I wasn't really tracking that at that time. So 08 and 09 was kind of a shock. But if you really see the run up, you know, 2007 was not a very good year. And there were definitely warning signs that things were going to be painful ahead. And it really took two full years to you know, from that point to really start going down, you know, three years from the end of 2006. And so, you know, I, I think to, to the point earlier, this could take some time, but we are starting to see some beginnings of, of properties that are clearly in an asset bubble in many different locations in the country, whose values probably will come down somewhat. And it could be, you know, prolonged over the next two to three years that we see, we see that happening. Yeah. And then the other thing, kind of looking back again over the decade, again, kind of PTSD, it was not a good time for wages. I mean, look down here at line 13. Yes. You know, wages uh, averaged an increase of 0.6 over that five, six year journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a tough time. Uh, I think I have unemployment. Yeah. Look at unemployment. It, it starts at five and goes all the way up to nine. Absolutely. Almost, almost 10, right? So again, and I think, you know, we're, we're right now we have low unemployment, but look, so did they before the last great recession, we have low wage growth. So did they before the last, now this time we actually have um, lower unemployment and higher wage growth, you know, post pandemic, because we have so many job openings, but we're starting to see the effects today, 66 tech companies laid off 16,800 employees just in the tech sector alone. So we're starting to see hiring freezes. We're starting to see um, actual layoffs. And when that starts to happen, you know, eventually in certain sectors, yes, you can still demand high wages. And maybe you should think about changing jobs if you can make a significant pay increase. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other sectors, as those layoffs start to happen, and as they're hit really hard, you could see a pretty quick jump in unemployment mm-hmm. um, from where we are today um, and, and wage growth that, that stagnates. Yeah. 
then the last thing to kind of talk about is Anna, as you know, there's there there are real numbers and there are nominal numbers. Yes. So row six, folks, for looking at this, these are nominal home appreciation numbers. Yes. Right? Negative four, negative eight point nine, all of that. However, I love economics, so I've adjusted it for CPI, and these are actually the adjusted or real home appreciation numbers. Even worse. Yes. Yeah. So Absolutely. again, yeah, the, the, it's it, the, the thing talking about this again is I'll actually stop sharing for a second. Yeah. So the big thing I want to take from this is it's years in the making. It's not yes. a moment in time. Yes. Second, every headline was negative and they got negative. It was, you know, blood cells as we all know, right? If it bleeds, it leads is a, is yes. a new saying, but th that is exciting for me. The last two years, I was scared. I speak at real estate events because I want to see what the audience is doing. And when you all are excited about being brand new syndicators or arbitraging Airbnbs in B-class areas, that stuff freaks me out. Right. What, what I see coming is a lot of you want to be investors, reading the headlines and doing nothing. I can yeah. tell you, I will do more deals in the next two years than I did in the last two years because you're not doing the work, you're reading the headlines and you're going to miss the opportunity. It's just what happens yeah. every time. I agree with you. And, and, you know, you and I, and I know, um, you know, props to Jonathan Twombly, you know, he, we're both in the large multifamily space and um, we're both pretty conservative and we're warning people like this could get really bad. Right. And they're like, you, you're, you're missing the boat. You're missing opportunity. And listen, I made a lot of money in the last couple of years, even being very cautious, but when everybody is, is on this elevated sense of um, fear of missing out and, you know, it's only going to get better and really investing on hopium. And you see people like us getting more cautious, you know, there's a reason for that. And then when we, when everybody else is really afraid and suddenly these things start to happen, you know, they'll think we were really smart, but then they're, they're paralyzed with fear. And then they have fear of, an, you know, fear of action and they don't take action. And so this is the time to recognize that your emotions are doing exactly what emotions do during these cycles. And you've got to fight the emotions. You've got to look at the data and say, be fearful when everybody is greedy and that's where we were and now it's time to get greedy and be able to take a little risk but do it you know watch the data before you do that make sure you can mitigate it but take daily action then you see when the things are changing so i'll just say one more little quick thing yesterday i took my son he's been interviewed on this channel and we went and looked at two properties we actually looked at a foreclosure the first foreclosure i have walked in a year and a half in my area you just don't see them, but we walk through a, a foreclosure and we walk through a really ugly, yucky, major rehab property. And first he walked in and he's like, this is great. And it's like, okay, here's the cost. Here's the risk. Oh my gosh, it's too scary. We're not going to do it. I'm like, okay, there's this balance between fear and stupidity, right? Um, you know, fear can make you do stupid things, but sometimes fear protects you too. And so you, you've got to watch it, check your emotions with the data and be very data-driven but if you're watching your market every day, you notice when, oh my goodness, there's a foreclosure. Oh, there might be another one, right? You start to see these things happening and then you know what to do because you're prepared. So keep watching, be prepared, take action, continue to buy rental properties. Yeah. So uh, I have a prediction for you and I, probably, I'm going to call it 2025. People are going to start calling you and I lucky. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. You were lucky. Really? Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right, Definitely Anna, where can not. people find you? You can find me here every week. You can find me on my playlist on One Rental at a Time on YouTube. You can find me on social media, Anna Kelly, REI Mom, and on my website at reimom.com. Awesome. Thank you very much.